Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Monday, February 29th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. And make sure you tell them I sent you. So I told you last week I was going to wait until after the NHL trade deadline on Monday, today, at 3 o'clock. So it has come and gone. So I'm in studio a little bit later than usual. And as I come in today, the first question that I ask, now that the NHL trade deadline has come and gone, and we know what the Bruins did and what they didn't do, we know what the other teams did, even though I think the biggest moves before the NHL trade deadline, the biggest moves that were made were the ones made last week and even yesterday with the Eric Stahl deal, even though Eric Stahl is having a terrible season and arguably the worst season of his career. I think that's a big move for the Rangers, and they don't even have to give up a first-round pick. They gave up two second-round picks and a 19-year-old prospect from Finland. And you go back to the Andrew Ladd trade, Chicago getting Andrew Ladd. Yeah, they gave up a first-round pick and a pretty good prospect, but Chicago also went out and added a couple more pieces as well. So the bigger deals I thought happened yesterday, over the weekend, and late last week. But um, as we sit here knowing every trade that went down, or maybe even some of the trades that did not end up going down, I come in studio a little later than usual, and my first question that I have as I sit back here and, and kind of laugh and also am kind of annoyed today, my question is, do you think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are just laughing at the Boston Bruins organization? Like, do you think they're just laughing? And I don't know if you saw the news of Brady today, but, uh, you know, while we have all this NHL trade deadline stuff going on, the Patriots extended Tom Brady for two years through the 2019 season. So, yeah, four more years of Tom Brady because he still had two years left on his current contract. But the extension for Tom Brady is expected to save the Patriots some cap space. And it's just a type of move where you look at and you say, okay, that's that's an obvious move for the organization if you want to be able to free up some cap space. And if you're Tom Brady, it's it's an unselfish move because, let's be honest, if Tom Brady wanted to ask to be the highest paid player in the history of the NFL... He would have every right in the world to do so, but he doesn't. He agrees to an extension, and it's expected that the Patriots, because of this extension for Tom Brady, that the Patriots will save some money and and, and will free up some salary cap space for the organization. So I just wonder if they sit back and everything is right in the world of the New England Patriots, and I wonder if they just sit back and laugh at an organization like the Boston Bruins. Because now that the trade deadline has come and gone, we know what the Bruins did, and we know what the Bruins didn't do. And for those who don't know, let's just go over the facts real quick before I react to it. Here are the facts. The Bruins today, they did not trade Louis Erickson. Louis Erickson is going to be a free agent after this season. The Bruins tried 
to re-sign him, but the money had to be right. The years had to be right. Both sides could not agree to a contract. And when you find out that they don't agree to a contract, you expect the Bruins to trade him. You do. At least I did. And they can say all they want about how they tried to move him, this, that, the other thing. We'll we'll go over what they uh, said they tried to do and, and maybe what realistically happened. We'll go over that. But the bottom line is this. We're sticking with the facts for right now. The fact is, Louis Erickson is still a member of the Boston Bruins. They keep him around, and now they risk losing him after the season. All right? So they keep him. They also went out and made two trades. At the very last minute, we didn't find out about these trades till about you know, minutes, two, three minutes before the deadline at 3 o'clock today. The first trade they made was a deal with the Carolina Hurricanes. The Bruins acquired 35-year-old defenseman John Michael Lyles. He's a left shot. The Bruins give up a third-round pick in 2016 and a fifth-round pick in 2017. They also give up a prospect forward in Anthony Kamara. Then the Bruins made another trade with the New Jersey Devils. The Bruins acquired 33-year-old right winger Lee Stempniak. They give the Devils a 2017 second-round pick and a 2016 fourth-rounder. So to sum it all up, the Bruins keep Louis Erickson in a contract year with no new contract. They added... A 35-year-old depth defenseman in John Michael Lyles. And a 33-year-old depth forward in Lee Stempniak. They lose a second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and a prospect in Anthony Kamara. Prospect forward. All right? Those are the facts. That is true. That's what we know happened and didn't happen before the NHL trade deadline. Today at 3 o'clock. My reaction to it all is this. None of it makes sense. Makes no sense. What the Bruins did today and what they also didn't do today makes absolutely no fucking sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. And... And for people like myself who are upset, well, let me let me first explain why I'm upset about this, okay? And, and, and I guess, where do you want to start? Uh, should we start with what this Bruins team looks like? Here's what they look like. You, you want to know how you sum up this Bruins season? Here's how you sum up this, this season for the Boston Bruins. Last night, Adam McQuaid, at the blue line in the offensive zone, gets a pass, gets the puck in his stick, and he falls on his ass, loses the puck. He just falls back, fall, loses an edge. I don't know, his blade got, got caught in the ice and just fell on his ass. Nobody hit him. Nobody was near him. Just fell. The puck is just sitting there at the blue line. Tampa Bay takes it. They skate up ice in a breakaway, and they score. The Lightning came into the TD Garden last night and beat the Bruins 4-1. to And if the playoffs began today... These two teams would play each other in the first round. And when you see that goal play out last night, Adam McQuaid at the blue line, falls on his ass, leaves the puck there, Tampa Bay scoops it up, they come in on a breakaway and score. That is the perfect portrayal of this Bruins season. It is. It sums it up. 
And when I look at his Bruins team, sure, they're in the mix of the playoffs. I just told you, if they began today, they'd play Tampa Bay. And I know the Eastern Conference is brutal. I I agree to that. It's terrible. Outside of Washington, you know, I, I don't know that I'll say it's wide open, but I'll just say it's not very good to the point where there are a lot of other teams that scare you. That said, when you forget about the rest of the conference and you just look at the Bruins, if you're a GM or a president of hockey operations or you're any person in the front office of this Bruins hockey team, Here's all I've been asking this organization to do is look at this realistically, look at their team, look at their roster, look at their whole organization, and be realistic with yourself. Use an approach that the Celtics use. Be realistic. You know, Danny Ainge just come out and said, we're not winning a championship this year. It's not going to happen. Okay? Now, I don't want to... I don't want to combine, you know, both teams' trade deadlines or what they need to do because I think it's different. But I do think the mindset needs... I think the Bruins need to look at Danny Ainge's mindset. Danny Ainge is realistic. And and the Bruins need to do the same. And all I'm asking for is Don Sweeney, Cam Neely. I'm just asking for them to be realistic. And if you want to be realistic, okay? You want to be realistic. There is no way that John Michael Lyles... And Lee Suitcase Stempniak helped this team win a Stanley Cup this year. They don't. I mean, it's not even, this isn't even up for debate, right? I don't know. that. Is there anybody out there that looks at these moves today and say, these moves put the Bruins over the hump and make them a contender? I, first of all, I didn't think you needed a right winger. And Stempniak now, who, by the way, is having a nice season. Stempniak with the Devils, 63 games. 41 points, 16 goals, 25 assists. But the reason I just called him Lee Suitcase Stepniak is because I think this is going to be his ninth team that he's ever played for. He's been traded, I think, five times. If I have my trade deadline stats correctly, this is the third straight trade deadline that Lee Stepniak has been moved. If, If I have those correct. And... You know, I I think there's a reason for that. But also, he's been moved and traded to all these teams. And he never gets these teams over the hump. Okay? He doesn't have a Stanley Cup. And John Michael Lyles, while I'll tell you that the Bruins' biggest need was defense at the deadline, I also told you that the type of defenseman they need is a top defenseman. They need a top defenseman. Like an all-star defenseman. John Michael Lyles... 35 years old, rental defenseman, you give up two picks. I'm sorry, this doesn't get you, this doesn't get you over the hump. In fact, I look at these moves like Lyles and Stempniak, and I say, since these two guys don't get you a championship, all they're doing and all they're going to do is, yeah, they're going to help this team get into the playoffs, and maybe that is the ultimate goal here, and I'll get to that in a second. But when you look at this thing realistically, from a GM perspective, you know, from hockey operations perspective, front office perspective, the only thing that Lyles and Stempniak do is take away meaningful ice time from, and you want to begin with Stepniak. I mean, you're probably going to put Stepniak up on a line with Bergeron and Moshand, I assume. I mean, let's hope that Stepniak doesn't knock Pasternak down to the third line. I mean, that'd, that would be insane. But... You know, Stemniak, you're going to put him up. Do you take someone like Conley, move him down? I get that the Brett Conley thing hasn't worked out, but come on. I mean, 
I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm sitting here telling you that you should be throwing in the towel on that right away. I mean, he's still a young kid. And he's still, I think, is gaining valuable NHL experience. He is. He's been in the league for a couple of years, but he hasn't had all this experience. And you could say, well, maybe there's a reason for that. Oh, all right, fine. It, the Brett Conley thing hasn't worked out, but I'm not necessarily giving up on that just yet. You bring in Stepniak. I think he does help you, but you didn't really, to me, you didn't really need offensive help. You didn't. And defensively, some people want to say, oh, they added the top four defensemen. Well, this wasn't, I mean, top four what? Top four minutes with Carolina? Come on now. Come on now. And, you know, is is John Michael Lyles a, the, the big defensive defenseman that you, that, that, that I've been begging for? No, I don't see that. Uh, and if you want to look at numbers, John Michael Lyles has 15 points. You know who else has 15 points in in the NHL this year? You know who else? Colin Miller. Yeah, Colin Miller, who's currently in Providence, has 15 points. And Miller's played 39 NHL games this year. John Michael Lyles has played 64. Colin Miller is more than 10 years younger than John Michael Lyles. And in my opinion, Colin Miller is going to be this is going to be a top pair defenseman for this Bruins team for for the long term. And I just don't understand why they would want to bring in a defenseman who doesn't get them over the hump, who is also basically guaranteeing that Colin Miller is not going to get the call up from Providence. Again, because not only are you not going to call him up, but you're knocking someone like Joe Morrow down as well. It's just, you're taking away valuable ice time, playoff experience from some of the kids. And that's a problem. You know, it is. Because I think, as bad if you want to say, well, the Eastern Conference is bad, well, guess what? The Eastern Conference is so bad, I agree with that. If you didn't acquire Lyles, if you didn't acquire Stepniak, I think you still could make the playoffs if you're the Bruins. Hell, I think you could have still made the playoffs if you didn't make those trades and add Lyles and Stepniak, and even if you traded Louie for draft picks. I think you still could have made the playoffs. And then when you get in, you give some of the kids some more experience. I I just think you need to be realistic. You're not winning a cup this year for the Bruins. This idea that that... You need to go out and add a 35-year-old D-man and a 33-year-old winger whose nickname is Suitcase because he gets traded so much. It's just, and by the way, neither of these two guys have won a cup. So it's not like you're bringing in this, this veteran that, that knows what it's like to lift La Coupe Stan Lee. No, you're not. And you could, you, maybe they'll try to convince you, well, these guys would be hungry to win one. Well. Uh, I think everybody's hungry to win a Stanley Cup when you get into the playoffs. Doesn't guarantee you you get it. It, it, it just, it doesn't, it, it makes no sense, okay, what the Bruins did today. And as we, as someone like myself who doesn't like what they did today, we're going to point the finger. I'm going to point the finger. Wh- whose fault is this? Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it that you trade draft picks to bring in these 
these two guys and, and take valuable ice time away from some of the kids? Whose fault is it that you do not trade Louis Erickson, who's in a contract year? But because, again, and, and, and you know, forget about the, the taking ice time away from the kids concept that I'm upset with, with, with these acquisitions to bring in Stepniak and Lyles. The Louis Erickson thing is also frustrating because now Louis Erickson has all the leverage in the world. He has all the leverage. The Bruins lose all leverage with any Louis Erickson contract talks that they think they're still going to have. And Don Sweeney said it today. He had a press conference and he talked about the Louis Erickson thing. And, and and the fact that they try to trade him and they just, the, the right deal wasn't there to be made. That's what Don Sweeney says. And I'll give you his quote in a second. But just to go over what this Louis Erickson thing means now that they're keeping him around, the Bruins have no more leverage. Louis Erickson's camp is going to say to the Bruins every single time, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to let him walk? And look, Louis Erickson's going to get paid. And, and, and I, I knew that they weren't going to sign him. And, and I'm not even upset that they didn't sign him. What I'm upset with is because, look, if you're the Bruins and you wanted to have a number that you did not want to go over to spend on Louis Erickson per year, that's fine. I, that's the way you should handle business because Louis Erickson, he's a nice player. He does a lot of things the right way. And, and, and I think you'd like him on your team if you could have him for the next three, four years. But he's having a nice season in his contract year and it is his last big contract that he's probably going to get. And I just felt like from the get-go that Louie was going to, and he has every right in the world to do this, he was going to go out and test the free agent market this summer and say, look, this is my last big contract. You know, If I can get it in Boston, that'd be great because I just bought a house here. I, I like this team. I like this organization. But, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this again. So I want to get the most money the most years that I can. You know, Louis, you know, all power to him if he wants to do that because he's having a nice season to be able to go out and negotiate with teams on a, on a big contract, all right? He's, a, he's having the perfect type of season for that, to, to get some leverage out on the free agent market, and he's going to have it. But if you're the Bruins and, and you wanted to stick to one number, you said, we're not going to go over this per year, that's fine. In fact, I would prefer that strategy, and I think the Bruins had it, Okay. So the fact that they didn't sign Louie, to me, is in an end. It's not an end of the world type scenario. But when you figure out that you're not going to be able to come to terms with Erickson and he's going to test the free agent market this summer, and you're not going to go above and beyond to keep him here, when you figure that out, when you come to that realization as a front office, there's there's one thing you need to do. That's trade him. That's trade him. And when I look around the league. And I see some of the other deals that went down. I, I mentioned the Andrew Ladd deal. Chicago gave up a prospect and a first-round pick. Erickson, sure, Erickson doesn't have his name on the cup like Ladd does twice. Ladd won it with Carolina. He won it with Chicago previously. Um, Ladd was the captain wearing the C on his chest in Winnipeg. Yeah, Louie didn't have that going for him, but Louie's having a much better season than Andrew Ladd. I think. And when you look at a deal like that, if you're the Bruins, and even in recent history, last year at the deadline, this past offseason, you know, there's a first-round pick to be had out there somewhere. There is. There's a first-round pick to be acquired in a trade for Louis Erickson. 
wherever that may be. I, you, you had to go get a first-round pick for Louis Erickson. When you figure out you can't trade him, you got to go make that happen. Now, that brings us to the question, well, what if no team offered the Bruins a first-round pick? Okay? And, and that also brings us to Don Sweeney and his quotes at his press conference earlier today. And let me read it to you. He said, quote, this is about Louis Erickson, Don Sweeney, GM of the Bruins. He says, quote, if the deal wasn't going to be right, we were going to maintain our position. If you look around the league, I don't think any team currently in a playoff position traded a player of Louis' magnitude. Sweeney continued, I think one first rounder was exchanged. The deal had to be right. It had to be right for this organization for me to do that. I've been entrusted to do that, and for me, Louis Erickson is an important part of what we're doing now. End quote. End quote, and that's the problem right there. That's the problem. Uh, You know, the problem with the moves they made to add two pieces that don't put them over the hump and to keep the guy around that, you know, they put a value on, and that's fine. I'm fine with putting a value on him. But they also have this attitude that we're going to go for it right now. And I'm sorry. The moves that they made are not going for it right now moves. And by keeping Louis Erickson, it's not a... And and don't... I I need to stop hearing the phrase, the Bruins are using their own rental. That makes no fucking sense, people. Like, can we stop doing that? It it, it just... it, It doesn't make any sense. Stop. You know, it's one thing if Louie was hurt for the first half of the season and he just came back last week. Then maybe you can use it. But he hasn't been hurt. He's been on the team. And in fact, he's had a great season. And guess what? The Bruins suck at home. They still got their asses kicked last night uh, to Tampa Bay, by Tampa Bay. And, and, And also, the Bruins are not a team, even in a shitty conference, that have a chance to win a Stanley Cup, all right? So, Louie's been around all season. It's just, stop using the, the Bruins got their own rental in Louie Erickson. It makes no fucking sense, people. Stop using it. But Don Sweeney's quote, first thing that jumps off is he points out there was, I think there was one first rounder exchanged in a trade. And, and he's pointing towards Andrew Ladd, right? That's the, that's the deal that he's talking about. But, you know, a deal that I'll also mention is I think I saw Yuri Hudla traded, right? Didn't he get – he got traded by Calgary to Florida. He's got 10 goals a season. And the Panthers gave up a second-round pick and something else. I mean, if Yuri Hudla is going to get you a second-round pick, Louis Erickson, I think, should get you, should get you a first-round pick, right? I mean, so there's a couple questions I have. One, does Don Sweeney know what he's doing when it comes to this stuff? Like, was Don Sweeney, this is his first trade deadline. Does he know what the fuck he's doing? My biggest fear is that we look back on the Don Sweeney-Cam Neely thing and they ended up not having any idea what they're doing, all right? The other question I have is, is Don Sweeney even to blame here? Because the more I look at what went down today by adding two veteran players who 
of basically just depth players and keeping Louis Erickson in a contract year without a new contract while losing all the leverage. You know, Louis has all the leverage now moving forward. He does. It's all the leverage. He can go to the Bruins and say, oh, I'm the, you know, I'm part of that Sagan deal. You want to let me walk for nothing? Because I'm going to go out and get paid. You're going to let me walk for nothing? You're going to give me the money. The Bruins have no leverage. They're not going to get Louie at their price. It's just not going to happen. So if you know you're not going to get Louie at your price, why would you keep him? And Don Sweeney hints that maybe they kept him because they weren't getting a first-round pick. And that's where I question, well, is that because teams weren't going to offer it to you? Or is that because you don't know what the fuck you're doing as a GM? All right? My next question is, you know, because you get into Sweeney's quotes here and he's talking about, you know, right now, you know, what Louis an important part of what we're doing right now. Um, why are we talking about right now again? I think your answer is ownership. Okay? Because as someone like myself looks for a place to point the finger as to what you know, as to who I blame and, and what the Bruins did today, why I don't like it, and and who I'm going to sit here and crush right now, you know, yes, the obvious thing to do is crush the GM that does a job that you that you don't like, that you think did a poor job at the trade deadline. I think Don Sweeney did a poor job. But is it Don Sweeney's fault? Is it Don Sweeney's doing? Is the Louis Erickson thing Don Sweeney did a bad job by not being able to get a squeeze a first-round pick out of someone? Is it teams just don't view Louis Erickson maybe as someone who's worth the first-round pick? Or is it the Jacobs family doesn't want to miss the playoffs for the second straight year? And ultimately, that's what I'm coming back to today. That's as I try to figure out Whatever the hell went down on Causeway this afternoon. I keep coming back. I keep coming back to ownership. And I keep coming back to the fact that the moves they made today by keeping Louie around for this year, knowing you're not going to re-sign him because you just lost all the leverage. Okay? You did. If you were going to re-sign Louie Erickson for, for, uh, under your terms, because now you'll have to go to his terms. You will. You'll have to go to his terms. Right? So, you knew that before today, even. And if you're going to just keep him around for the rest of this year and and he's just going to walk at the end of the season, and you're going to add two depth players, look, Stepniak's a good player. Lyles, you know, he's a good player. But these are not the caliber players that this Bruins team needed. If you're being realistic on Causeway Street in that front office about where this team currently stands. And not just currently stands, but, but you know, the future here. you got to keep that in mind. You know, the organization. It's, are, the, are the questions, should they be about right now, or should they be about what are you going to do the next three years? I think they should be about what are you going to do the next three years. Because Colin Mill is in Providence, and he shouldn't be. And it's not like he's... It's not like he's losing his job. If Colin Miller was on this Bruins team and he played all season long, I think he'd be the best defenseman on the team. I do. I think, I think he would. But yet he's not playing, and he's down in Providence. And he's not necessarily losing his job to the best defensive core 
in in NHL history or even in the league this year. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So when none of it makes sense and they keep Erickson and they add depth pieces to that are good players, not good enough, but good players, that to me, that to me is a move made by ownership. It's a move made by ownership. I, I'm trying to figure out what went on today, and I keep coming back to, I think this thing, whatever happened today, I think this mindset has the fingerprints of an, of an owner all over it. Has, the J, has Jacob's fingerprints all over this thing today. If, if somebody went and investigated this, like if this was a crime and you wanted to get to the bottom of it, I think what you would find out is that the Jacobs family had everything to do with this today because they did not want this team to miss the playoffs for the second straight year. They didn't want that. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame because even... Look, let's say... I mean, let's say you couldn't get a first-round pick for Louis Erickson. And I just... I still think they could have. I still think if you tried, I, mean, I still think if you spent less time maybe worrying about trying to re-sign the guy, and if you were kicking the tires on deals last week, you should have been. I mean, last month you should have been. Setting yourself up for this. You had to have known that you were not going to re-sign Louis Erickson, right? You had to have. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I didn't expect to sign him. I look at it and say he's going to test the free agent market. I just think the season he's having, you could, man, I think you could have got a first-round pick for him. And I know you're going to point to the Eric Stahl deal and say, well, Carolina, they only got two second-rounders. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, Eric Stahl's having a terrible season, arguably the worst season of his career. So, I mean, and look, they still got two second-round picks on a prospect. I I think if the Bruins traded Louis Erickson today, right? If they traded him, and let's say they got two second rounders and a prospect. Would people be upset? I think I think someone like myself would be upset that they didn't get a first round pick. But if you said to me, well, it was either that or you keep him for the rest of the season, I would tell you there's no point to keep him for the rest of the season. There's no point. I've been I've been very strong about this Louis Erickson stance, and I am someone that actually enjoys watching him play. Like I like Louis Erickson, but I'm realistic about what this Bruins team can and cannot do this year. Okay, and I think you needed to get something for Louis Erickson, given his contract situation. But now you're keeping him. And on top of that, you traded four draft picks to bring in two guys that are not going to be, they're good players, but they're not going to be good enough to win you a championship. Come on. You'll believe that. I mean, you'll believe anything they feed you. I, I, I don't see it. And, um, you know, if you ask me, did the Bruins get better today? I'll say I think they might be a little bit better because... You, you know, you do add a veteran D-man, and you do add a forward who is probably going to produce more than someone like Brett Conley. Okay, you're a little bit better today. But if you think they're better to the point 
where all of a sudden you have me picking the Bruins to win a playoff series. I just, I'm not there with you. I'm not, we're not on the same page. And, and, and you know what? Maybe the Bruins do win a playoff series. Maybe they win two. They're not going to win three. They're not going to win the cup. And if, if they're not going to win the cup, shouldn't this trade deadline today be more about some of the kids you already have, like a Colin Miller? Like, I would like to think that Don Sweeney and Cam Neely, if they were being realistic with themselves, that they would make moves today while thinking about Joe Morrow, while thinking about Colin Miller. Let's see the kids play. It's almost like Don Sweeney had the, had the training wheels on today, right? Like, the, John Michael Lyles and Lee Stepniak are players that you acquire if, if you're the top, you know, if you're the top team in the conference and you need a sixth defenseman and you need uh, a third-line winger, right? No, 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 no. Stepniak's probably going to be playing on the fucking top line. And Lyles, I mean, Lyles is going to be a top-four defenseman. And I'm not so sure that at the end of the day he is or should be that. And all the while, you're not creating a spot for a Colin Miller the rest of the year. You're not creating some more playing time for someone like Joe Morrow. But that's what you should be doing right now. That's what you should be focused on. And they're not. And it's disappointing to see. Because those two kids, I think, are going to be good players. But you should want to find out a little bit more about them right now. You should. And, again, for all we know, maybe Don Sweeney wants to. And the Jacobs family is telling them, can't happen, boys. This is a business. We got to make some money. We didn't make the playoffs last year. We got to make the playoffs this year. And given how bad the East is, if we make the playoffs, if you add a couple veterans here and we keep Louie, we make the playoffs, we might, we might even get a second round. We might be able to make up for that one round that we lost last year. This year, by keeping Louie and bringing in a couple veterans, here you go. Because back to Don Sweeney's quote about if the deal wasn't going to be right, we were going to maintain our position on Louis Erickson and keep him. When he says if the deal wasn't going to be right, we had heard reports the last couple days that the Bruins were trying to get a top four defenseman for Louis Erickson. They were trying to get a top player for Louis. They wanted a huge return, not a first-round pick. They wanted a, a, a player. So I don't even necessarily know that if this is the look, if this is the ownership coming down, if this is ownership coming down on Don Sweeney and Cam Neely, perhaps ownership said we're not even taking a first round pick. We want a player. We want somebody who's going to step in. If we're going to trade Louie, we're going to give up a player like this. We want another player in return that can step in right now and help this team win right now because we want to get to the playoffs right now. You know, as much as I want to sit here and crush Don Sweeney because he's the GM and it seems to be the obvious move to make and the obvious criticism to give, if you don't like what a team does at a trade deadline, you point the finger at the GM, it's something everybody does, 
But the more I think about it and the more I talk about it, I all I just keep coming back to ownership. I keep coming back to these moves the Bruins made today has the fingerprints of the Jacobs family all over them. All over them. And if you investigated this, I will almost guarantee that this is ownership coming down and running the team and saying, we're not trading players for draft picks right now. And in fact, we got to trade some draft picks for players. Even if it's not the elite players we need to win a cup, we need good enough depth to make the playoffs because we are not, not making the playoffs for two straight years. This is what, because that's what these moves seem like. These are not go-for-it-all-now moves. They're not. They're not go-for-it-all-now moves. And the only reason to me that you keep Louie Erickson is because, you know, if it's one thing if you decide to keep Louie and then the following move that you make is you go out and get an all-star defenseman, right? And you're like, whoa, they just made a trade for a, a 27, 28-year-old all-star defenseman that's going to be here for the next five, six years. That's a blockbuster deal. You want to keep Louie and, and risk, you know, keep him the rest of the season, and all of a sudden you say to yourself, hey, we got a shot? Oh, different story. That's a different story. But you kept Louie, and the two moves you made was a 35-year-old D-man and a 33-year-old winger uh, whose nickname is Suitcase. And and I don't, I don't know that that's his nickname behind the scenes, but I read it in a headline. I thought it was funny, and I think I'm going to stick with it. Good players, but not good enough to win this Bruins team a Stanley Cup. And that's what you should be looking to do. And if you can't do it now, you should be realistic as an organization and get some of the kids some playing time. And while you're getting the kids some playing time, maybe take a couple more draft picks for a veteran who's having a great season in a contract year that you know you're not going to be able to re-sign. And if you want this summer to take all these draft picks and maybe move up in the draft or make a move and get a get your stud defenseman somehow in a major trade, be my guest. But they didn't do they didn't do any of that. They went the complete opposite way that you would expect them to go if you wanted to be realistic about where the team currently stands they went that they went the opposite way and the only thing that I can think of here that makes any sense at all the only thing I can think of that makes sense today is that ownership has their fingerprints on this one that this is the Jacobs family saying we need to get to the playoffs we are not missing the playoffs for two straight years and the east is so bad that if we get in we might even be able to get a second round under our belt. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. And if that's the way this thing went down, and 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 that's, you know, that that's the the demand coming from from up top. Then it's a sad day for the Boston Bruins organization. It's a sad day. I know some people out there might say, "Well, it's just back to business as usual as it used to be," and uh. Yeah, maybe you're right. But by the looks of this thing, this is this is an ownership issue. And it's too bad. 
because I, I, I do, I, I do think that. Man, I think you look at the core: Bergeron, Krejci, Rask, Marchand could have forty goals this season. I, I mean, you got options this summer. You could even sign someone else. You could, you, you. I think you're probably gonna be able to sign someone like Keith Yandel, and it might not cost you as much as you think because he wants to play for the Bruins, folks. And you know. I, <laughs> You got these young defensemen, Colin Miller, um, Joe Morrow. Let them play. Let them play. All right, they're going to make some mistakes. They're in diapers. It's going to happen. But they're not letting them. They bring in a player that's going to take time away from someone like Morrow. That's going to keep Colin Miller in Providence. And that doesn't necessarily, it's a move that doesn't necessarily take Kevin Miller out of the lineup, which might be the biggest problem. Yeah, he's still in the lineup. So, I'm not happy. Uh, I don't look at the Bruins and think all of a sudden, here they are, a Stanley Cup contender, and at the same time, they didn't go all in on the other route, which is you want to rely on the kids, then rely on the kids, get even more picks, and if you want to trade some of these picks for – uh, you know, your, your future franchise defenseman this summer, go out and make that happen. You know, make this about the next three to five years. Don't make this about this year. Instead, by the looks of it, in my opinion, the Jacobs family made this about this year, and it's just such an unrealistic approach when it comes to the expectations that you should have about a championship this year. It's just, they're not going to do it. If they do, I'd be shocked. If the Bruins went on this crazy run, I would be absolutely shocked. Shocked. And, um, it, it, I, 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 it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why they would take this route, but again, when you, when you ask why, you think of ownership, and that's why. They want a playoff series. They want to play. They want the Stanley Cup playoffs at the TD Garden. They might as well play all the playoff games on the road. They might. They can't win at home. The, right? The Bruins might as well go into a playoff series and say, you know what? Best to you know. Usually it's a two-two-one-one-one. That seven-game series. How about this? We'll go uh, seven straight games in your building. We're just gonna stay in your town. No traveling. We're staying on the road. Because they can't win at home. And Lyles, Stepniak, keeping Louie. <laughs> you still got Kevin Miller in the lineup. And uh, I don't see this thing turning around the way you need it to turn around to give yourself a shot to win a championship. So it's it's an ass-backwards approach. It's a middle-ground approach that has the fingerprints of ownership all over it. So that's what we got today. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, we get some Red Sox on TV today. Red Sox playing a couple spring training games against college teams, BC and Northeastern. Uh, I'm still, I got to get used to the play-by-play on Nesson with Dave O'Brien doing it. Oh, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not sitting there crushing him at all. This isn't me crushing Dave O'Brien. 
It's just I'm used to hearing them on the radio do the play-by-play. So when I'm watching the game this afternoon, I am hearing his voice with Remy, and I'm just I'm thinking that the radio is on and it's synced up to the TV, and I just couldn't get that out of my head. So <laughs> I, I it's going to take some getting used to, Dave O'Brien doing the TV play-by-play, but I'm sure it'll happen. But it's good to see some actual baseball games being played. Red Sox playing in spring training. It's on TV, so it's good to see that. Good to see the Patriots extend Tom Brady for two more years after the two that he currently has left on his contract. And it is not good to see what the Bruins did and didn't do today at the NHL trade deadline. So uh, the biggest winners to me at the deadline in the NHL, the Blackhawks, right? And I'm going to say the Rangers because I think the Rangers... They added Eric Stahl, and they didn't have to give up a first-round pick. And I know Stahl's having a terrible season, but he still is, you know, he's still a, an impending free agent. I know it's a rental, but I think you, you get a guy who's motivated, and you, let's face it, you get a kid who, who is a big-name player in this league, and you don't have to give up a first-round pick. I think you got to consider that a win for the Rangers, don't you? I, I think you do. So... That's the trade deadline. That's what happened, and that's what didn't happen. Uh, we'll let the regular season play out and, and see what happens when you get to the playoffs. But, um, man, it, you're going to have a tough time convincing me that the Bruins today are a Stanley Cup contender. And, and that should be what it's all about. Instead, it seems to be all about just getting in and getting some playoff money. Just getting that playoff money. It's too bad. It's too bad. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on some of the spring training activities and and the games the Red Sox will continue to play. And uh, anything else that goes on, we'll keep an eye on the NBA this week. Get to some picks late this last weekend. Man, the NBA's killing me. Now that the NFL's done, I've had a tough couple weeks picking in the NBA But that doesn't mean I stop. That doesn't mean you stop. You don't just give up. You don't just stop making picks. I'll I'll, I'll be back on top, all right? Or at least back to 500. And I watched that Golden State-Oklahoma City game on Saturday night. And uh, Steph Curry is, the kid just continues to amaze. And I mean, you know, the, the NBA players, former players, legends even, that have been crushing Golden State and been crushing Steph Curry and saying, hey, you know, if he played back in my day, he wouldn't be able to do this. He wouldn't get those shots off. They need to just shut the fuck up. And because I, that shot that Steph Curry hit to win that game in overtime Saturday night in Oklahoma City, I mean, I saw some people tweet, how are you going to let him take that shot? And I'm just like, he shot it from almost half court. And you know what? That wasn't even Steph Curry saying, no time left, I got to put this up. It was really Steph Curry's, you know, for most guys, that's the type of shot that is. For Steph Curry, you know, he's been taking that shot almost regularly that deep. Maybe not that deep, but you know what I'm saying. Deeper than just right behind the three-point line. Steph Curry's hitting shots that, that, that guys would never even think of taking. And yet he takes them with confidence multiple times a game. And he hits them. And the game-winning shot that he had the other night, I mean, it's just something else. It's, it's Instead of complaining about it and sounding like sour grapes 
If you're a former player, why wouldn't you just embrace this? The kid is is hitting shots that we've never even seen taken on a regular basis. And yet he takes them on a regular basis and he hits them. And it's not luck. This is, I mean, it's not luck at all. It's his, this is him and his skill and his shooting ability. Something that he's practiced. And he has nearly perfected his craft. Like maybe nobody else in the game has. Right? I mean... <laughs> it's crazy to watch, so instead of complaining about it, everybody should be embracing it, even if you're not a Golden State fan. It's pretty cool to watch, pretty fun to watch. So uh, we'll keep an eye on the NBA as well with the NHL, Major League Baseball spring training, and any NFL offseason storyline. Peyton Manning reportedly will announce his retirement this week, so we'll wait for that, and we'll react to it. I'm here five days a week, dannypicard.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes, also on the Stitcher app, and on TuneIn. Really, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter, also on Facebook, all forms of social media. I am out. Talk to you tomorrow.